Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. Call reluctance. That is something that so many people in our industry have struggled with, continue to struggle with, or just downright ignore as they progress in their careers as real estate professionals. And today we are bringing on a guest who specializes in this. She speaks about this. She's an expert about this. And she's going to help you, whether you are the individual realtor, whether you run a team or you run a brokerage and are helping, trying to help others overcome that 150 pound weight, otherwise known as a telephone to get your agents to pick it up more often and make it, uh, you know, maybe uh, two ounces versus 150 pounds. We're going to help you overcome that today by bringing on our guest, Miss Mrs. Connie Kadansky. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to uh, grill you with some questions and help our audience uh, get better. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Lovely to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start with where we always start on our podcast, which is tell us about you. Let's just assume our audience has never, never met you before, has never heard of you. Tell us where you come from and what led you to what you do today. Well, my first job was at five years old for sales, and I sold poppies on Veterans Day, and I never had more fun in all my life. (laughs) And I was a fast typer, so I went into court reporting, and wow, court reporting for an extrovert's no fun. And then I got into sales, and I was a call-reluctant salesperson, and I was taking a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I wanted to solve my problem because I was motivated and goal oriented. And so there's a book, The Psychology of Sales Call Reluctance. And I read that book and I'm sitting in my living room and I thought, oh, I have this call reluctance, which is the emotional hesitation to prospect and self-promote. So I flew to Dallas to overcome my own call reluctance. And at the end of that program, the behavioral scientist that owns the trademark, Shannon Goodson said, Connie, you get this. Do you want to become one of our licensees? So 25 years later, here I am. That is uh, pretty awesome. So essentially you're self-diagnosed and then self-taught how to overcome it. Yes. I love it. So it's, 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 I, you know, I'm going to equate it to, you know, losing weight. We all can sit on the couch and say, I need to get off my ass and I need to go exercise and I need to eat right. And we all know that we have the resources to do it right, but very few of us actually do it. You're taking something that arguably is much, much harder, uh, which is being able to pick up that phone. And, and you went and taught yourself how to do it right. So let's, let's back up. Can you tell me that, say that line again, where you said the emotional hesitation to say that again? Yes, so the official definition for sales car reluctance is that emotional hesitation to proactively prospect and self-promote. Prospect and self-promote, which is two very distinctive uh, items, I would say. You know, prospecting is one thing. Self-promotion is another. 
so let's, I'd like to start there uh, and just kind of talk about the actual definition of what sales reluctance is. Because again, the way I described it in your introduction was very simply, the phone's heavy. And, and I, I imagine that the reason why the phone is heavy, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but is that we don't like to be told no. And so we just don't, we just then choose not to make the phone call. It, what is the reason why that phone is so darn heavy for most of us? Well, there are a lot of re reasons. Number one is that people don't see their phone as their ATM machine. And I know that real estate agents answer their phone all day long because they have signs out there with their phone number on it. And in reality, it's mindset. And the underlying mindset, and it, you just said something, and I'll give my first golden tip, that salespeople don't like to be heard told the word no. And what I always invite my clients and I insist is, what do you make it mean when somebody tells you no? Because right then and there is if we go, what am I making it mean? I mean, there are opportunities everywhere. And so really stopping yourself in the tracks, because if we let somebody's no, throw us down the self-doubt spiral, wow, we have so much more value than that. So it's really being mentally fit in a way that you do not allow those no's to derail you, that you know that you know that you know that you have value. And so that's one of the reasons. And another reason is that salespeople have a tendency to believe that there's something wrong with prospecting and promoting. Now, let's be real true here and integrity. When we make a prospecting call, we're making an unsolicited call. And so we just have to know that, right? And so it's really when you look at prospecting is to find out and identify, does this individual have an interest in what I am offering? So we want to have a relationship, right? We have to find out if they're interested and maybe they're not interested today, but there's interest in the future. So I'll pause there because I know that it's really, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what I shared so far. Well, there's a lot of different areas I want to, I, I could easily digress and ask questions about. So I would say actually just keep going because I don't want to hijack this. I just want to be the question asker. Um, so I want you just keep going, keep going with this because and I'm going to be jotting down some questions and notes that I have along the way. How about that? Yes. Okay. Thank you. And so and oftentimes when salespeople have call reluctance is their mindset is self-centric. It's all about them. So they're focused on them. What do they think of me? Are they going to like me? All about me, right? And so it's really flipping it and saying, what value can I create for this individual? So I know that real estate agents are always developing relationships with strategic alliances, with mortgage brokers, with loan officers, with and those are the relationships that are so golden, aren't they? And to be able to have that in a constant flow is how do I add value? And what is the value that I can create no matter what kind of phone call you're making? 
before you pick up the phone to be able to ask yourself, what do I have to offer that could create value for them today? And that underlying mindset just makes it so much easier and such a better flow and uh, having that conversation. Because when we're calling somebody, we're looking for them to have a relationship and a business relationship, right? So we're saying, is there, do we have a shared interest? I'm interested in what I'm offering. And then to find out, does the prospect have an interest and do they have a shared care? Do they really care? And then the third is a shared commitment. Are they committed to telling you the truth? Are they committed to telling you about their current status? We cannot have a relationship with a prospect that turns into a client until we have those three basic components in hand, shared interest, shared care, and shared commitment. Shared interest, say them again. A shared interest. So, and a shared care. Do they really care about what you're offering? Mm -hmm. And then a shared commitment. Are they committed to meeting with you? Are they committed to your presentation? Are they committed to giving you the documents that you need in order to ascertain whether you can be of value to them? And so that's, you know, people could say smiling and dialing. It's not really that. It's so much more serious. And it's and, and not to make it serious in a stifling way, but just to know that agents have a responsibility to come forward being fully prepared for those kind of conversations and having that expectation too. Yeah. So while we're on this this topic, which I, I, I feel like leans prospecting. And, and I think one of the most common, you know, sales call that a real estate agent is making is primarily a lead based call, right? You're, you're receiving a lead. Usually it's very top of funnel, AKA the, it's something, you know, who knows where it came from. It came from a Facebook or it came from a Zillow. It was just a very passive search, right? Which means they're not really buying or selling right now. And that's what most of us are dealing with. And if you're in the mortgage side, it's the same concept. You put your information into a, a lead funnel somewhere online, chasing after something, you clicked something, some clickbait, and, and it asked for your information to get something. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a, a, a let's tell you the price of your home, right? You want to know the price of your home? Give us your information, right? And then, and then they'll call you. So, I think that's what most, I think that's what will relate most to real estate agents is, okay, I'm calling on leads. And so when it comes to calling on a lead, clearly you're calling, there's a reason why. So let's just say it's a Zillow lead or maybe a Facebook ad lead. Those are all going to be driven back to what was the bait that got them in, which is usually a listing or uh, a promise to give them, you know, to give them a value of their home. So the value in my opinion, and this is, I'm just, I'm just speaking from the mind of a real estate agent, essentially at this point is okay. I'm going to call them with that value that they're expecting, or I'm going to call them to give them more information about the home. Right? So there's the value, but being that the lead is probably very top of funnel, 
Now, all of a sudden, you're going immediately going to get into an objection situation because that person who put their information in on Facebook or on Zillow really doesn't want to have a conversation with any human. Right. I, I think that's that's by and large probably the case. So then what how do you how do you take what you just talked about, which is the shared interest, shared care, shared commitment, and now take okay, we, we got past the sales reluctance piece of making the call. I'm on with them now. How do I how do I massage it and keep them on the phone? How do I keep moving down the line of, of converting them into a customer? Well, I love that question because number one, you need to jump on that lead as quick as you can. Because there, something is going on in their life that is prompting that. And what I recommend when you're calling on a lead, just to say, you know what, I'm curious, what is prompting your inquiry? And, you know, just what prompted you to take a look at that and fill out this form today? Wow. Then they just let them tell you and they can. And I don't know if I completely agree with you is that when people fill out something and give their information, it actually tells me that most of them know that somebody is going to call them. And very rarely does somebody get upset. I mean, I've only had one person in all my life that goes, what are you calling me for? And it's like, oh, okay, goodbye, you know, but oftentimes just, I'm just curious what's prompting your inquiry around this today and just be open and just hold the body language, hold the space, have that real value persona. And what my experience is, they'll tell you. And now emotionally, they have told you why may, they made that inquiry. And then from you listening, you can find out how, what's their sense of urgency? How do you feel about what I just shared, Jeff? Yeah, I, I think I, I like what you have to say. I, I think, you know, and I, want, I guess I want to digress for a moment. And, and so I, I kind of fast forwarded the conversation to just making the assumption that a lot of them are going to be lead based. And, and in reality, we're talking more about the reluctance of actually making the call or picking it up to make that speed to dial, to be the first one to do it. Or actually, even better yet, uh, the, the call reluctance to call maybe past clients, right? Or uh, to, to, to call down that prospecting, that ABC list that you created with your coach or something like that, right? And, and so I, I guess the, the, the qu my question back to you then is, is understanding uh, for the agent who, who's listening to this and, and thinking to themselves, you know, okay, I have to find that value. I have to find that shared interest, care, commitment. How do I do that? Right. Because it's it's and I think and, and I'm asking you a question. It, it's the the best the, the best callers. I don't even know how we want to how we want to identify them are not just because they're the most eloquent. It's because they're the most prepared, I would say. What do you say about that? So when it comes to that reluctance and trying to create that value coming into that phone call, it's not about a matter of having that salesman you know, eloquence or, or silver tongue, as some people call it. It's more about preparation and practice and, and being prepared. And if you have that, you build confidence and it makes that phone, you know, a lot lighter and allows you to pick it up a lot quicker and call more people. Yes. Well, let's just take, for instance, of calling former clients. 
And the best way to do that is just to be able to call and just say, you keep coming to mind. How are you? What's going on in your world? And, and I mean, it can be as simple as that. Even when you leave a voicemail message to be able to say, you just keep coming to mind and it's true. Please give me a call back at your earliest convenience. Oftentimes when we do leave a voicemail message is tell people, hey, please give me a call back at your earliest convenience. Wow, that's an invitation, right? And so that was one example when you're calling past clients and keep in touch with them and what's going on in your world and you just have a brief conversation with them and you listen and they know you and you never know what can come out of that. So they could say, hey, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law are looking to buy a new house. So it's just really being visible in the marketplace and that's where the agents is the agents that are really good are managing their visibility. And you know what I love in our neighborhood here in Phoenix, Arizona, very rarely does a house come for sale in our neighborhood. However, when they do, those really top agents, they they come around and they knock on the door and say, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I sold the house down the street or whatever. And I have noticed that the agents that door knock that there before I know it, there is that there, there, they have another listing over there and over there. So going back to its mindset and just to be able to see, and here's what I'm going to say to real estate agents that sometimes irritates them, but it's true is who are you really? Who are you really? And I say you're a professional lead generator who happens to sell real estate. And when you can see yourself and embody the fact that you're a professional lead generator that happens to sell real estate, it doesn't diminish your capabilities. It doesn't diminish your record. However, to own it, and I know those agents that own that, they all of a sudden, it seems like they live under a lucky star because they're coming at this completely differently. I like, it's interesting that you say that. And, and, I, and I love challenging the industry. So I have no problem with you saying that. In fact, I'll piggyback on it and say, you know, is, is that, first of all, my first question is, what, do, what is the answer that most will give you when, they, when you ask them, what are you? And I'm sure very few of them call themselves what you described, which is a which is a lead generator who happens to sell real estate. How do they describe themselves? Oh, they say I sell real estate or I'm a real estate agent. Right. And so what makes them unique? Right. What is it that makes them unique? And that's where is like I have the best job in the world. I help families get into homes. I help families sell homes. Uh, because people always buy emotionally, justify logically. So it's just really getting creative around the value that you provide. And uh, when you know that you know that you know that you have value, wow, other people will recognize that value. Your confidence breeds confidence in them. Yeah. I, well, and it's interesting that, again, going back to this, this what, you, what, the, the, what you said, which is they look at themselves as a real estate expert, right? And the reality is, and, and not to diminish anyone listening to this, but 
listen, the barrier to entry is not that hard. If it was hard, there wouldn't be two to 3 million of, of them running around, right? And so to be a quote unquote expert is not to the level to be an attorney, right? That barrier to entry is much more difficult uh, or to be a doctor. And so I love how you said that. And I think for anybody who takes offense to what either of us are saying, you, you're almost kind of, it's almost self-admittance that, that, you know, you are just that. And if you don't understand and recognize what, what Connie's talking about here, which is you have to create differentiation and, and you have to look at yourself as something other than what everybody else can distinguish, distinguish themselves as too, because they passed a test. That's, that's really what it, that's what it amounts to. Right. And so how are you going to be different? Because if you stand up and, and on, a, on a mountaintop and say, I'm a professional realtor. I'm an expert. I'll help you sell your homes. I'll give you all the comps. I'll give you all the data. Hello. So can all the other two to 3 million of, of you, they can do the same thing, but the ones who identify themselves as, for example, a lead conversion expert, that's, that's the agent who's going to probably see greater growth because they recognize that they actually have to be more than what they really are. Right. Well, yes. And you can't sell to somebody you can't talk to. Right. And so it's really developing that relationship and all relationships are a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. And when I coach different types of salespeople and real estate agents, here's the real estate agent and here's their prospecting and lead generation activity. There's a relationship between the two of them. The relationship is the third entity. And if that relationship is disharmonious and people go, oh, I've got a prospect today and I have to do this. And my coach told me I had to do 20 calls. Well, you know what? That's where our mindset comes in. It's really I get to prospect today. I get to talk to people today. I get to have conversations today. And seeing it as an adventure and a learning experience, every single call is a learning experience. And, you know, think about where, how do you go about developing that persona? And I had a salesperson that was calling me and I wasn't a buyer for him. And he was just friendly, left me about three calls and I called him back because he was friendly. And so it is really, I know I keep saying, but when you look at the road to peak performance, the roadway is the underlying mindset. And when you wake up in the morning, who is setting your mind? Who is setting your mind? Is it that curious part of you, the abundant part of you, the positive part of you, or is it the saboteuring, negative, cranky, resentful part of you? Wow, that's when it gets hard. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 good. So I feel like we we we're really we've we've stayed in that tunnel of of more on the prospecting angle, which is more typical, which is more normal. Uh, but when it comes to self-promotion, 
and and I don't know how everybody thinks of the, that 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 terminology of self promotion. I think of it. I think of social media first, right? I think of that's what social media is designed for. It's it's marketing. It's advertising. It's it's putting my 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 picture on a billboard. It's putting my uh, you know putting myself on a, in a post. It's it's taking a selfie. It's it's grocery cards. It's newspaper ads. Whatever, right? A, a, a mail, a flyer, a postcard. When it comes to self-promotion and calling, you know, wh- how, how, do, how do the two marry? You know, because you're not just picking up a list and saying, hey, I'm just calling to let you know that, hey, my name's Jeff Pitzer and I'm a realtor uh, and I'm a damn good realtor and I dominate this mark, blah, 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 right? Uh, how, how Quantify that for me. Well, when you really look at self-promotion and it has a little bit of a bad connotation once in a while with people, but it is a a professional visibility management is number one is you must position yourself to get noticed. So if you don't get noticed, what? So number one in being in managing your visibility and promoting yourself is you must position yourself to get noticed. And then the second one is you must have a style that people will remember you and remember you in a positive way. So what is it about your style that gets people to remember you when you're out at an open house, when you are communicating with people, when you are at a networking event and all these different things? What is it about your style that people remember you? And after they've talked to you, do they feel uplifted or are they going, wow, wow, and that guy wasn't present or that girl fiddled with her phone all the time we talked, right? So however we're showing up, our style is creating in our in our prospects and our referral sources minds. And number three is consistency. We have to be consistent at what we do. And that's why in with real estate agents is being consistent of where you show up. Are you at the Chamber of Commerce? Are you at the particular events? And so that's how you really can manage your visibility in a very, very professional way. And is there something about you that is is where people remember you. And I know there's some real estate agents that are really good at that. They have a a quote or a tagline or something like that. And those taglines can be very effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's, you know, that's another topic for another podcast uh, is in terms of creating that, that remembrance, that differentiation, that, that, that quality, that, that keeps you top of mind, right? That keeps you omnipresent. Uh, but I, I want to stay down the path of the call reluctance just because I, anybody that I, that I, you know, that I captured them with the intro. Uh, so I want to, I want to, I want to di- or kind of divert and change, change lines a little bit, lanes a little bit with, with when it comes to call reluctance. And, and that is one of, uh, from a leadership perspective, somebody who ha- has a team or somebody who runs a brokerage and, and a lot of them are in the business to providing leads, uh, potential customers to their agents. And I can speak to this because we've, we've got a, we've got a very large group um, as well. And, and one of the biggest struggles that we have sometimes is just getting people to, to get after it and therefore pick up the phone. And so when, when you, when you have conversations or when you advise 
a team leader or a broker or, you know, a business owner uh, who is trying to help their people uh, to, to be quicker and to be more assertive and to be more eloquent. How do you advise them? Well, we have an assessment tool, a very comprehensive that actually measures the 16 types of call reluctance. The telephone is only one of them. And the reason that we do that is because we find out, is there really a fire inside of this person that wants to succeed? So there are some agents that the fire is in them. And so they wake up every morning fired and and hitting all cylinders, et cetera. Those are the kinds of people that will pick up that phone, even though they might be a little bit uncomfortable. There's no team leader in the world that's more miserable that feels like they have to light the fire under people. That's not what you brought them on. And lighting the fire under people is just a miserable. And so oftentimes, if there's a team leader that has people that are just not following up on the leads for crying out loud, what that tells me is they're not emotionally connected to what is important to them. And I would have everybody come in the conference room, hand them a sheet of paper and just have them start writing on a sheet of paper what I care about. What is it I really care about? And give them quiet time so that they can emotionally connect to what they really care about. And I'm not saying put down their goals. What do they care about? Do they care about their family? Do they care about the real estate agency, the industry? Do they care about that first cup of coffee in the morning? Do they care about being a team player? Because that's what connects people emotionally. And when they have that fire inside of them, wow, they're self-starters. You don't have to tell them what to do. And so that's what tells me that something might be off. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but 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 somebody who's so so that's one piece of the puzzle, which is helping your your employees, your agents, you know, identify, um, you know, and I guess getting to know them also a little bit better. But 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 how does that then lead down the path of? of, okay, I want to, I want to help you become more confident when you're picking up the phone and when you're self-promoting and, and when you're prospecting and those sort of things, you know, what are some techniques or, or, or some strategies that they can implement in order to, to, to improve that? Well, and I know y'all are really good at role play. And what I find is have some role plays where people amplify and exaggerate how they're going to promote themselves. So you're in a role play situation, but once people can actually get it out and practice their scripting and amplify it and exaggerate it, and even answering some of the common objections, I call them pattern interrupts. When we call somebody and they'll go, oh, I already have a real estate agent, or oh, you know, we have some common ones. All you're doing is interrupting that prospect's pattern and to be able to just say, well, I see. So, you know, having a question that kind of takes them outside of that particular go-to question or go-to shut this person down, right? And so that is 
where and Jeff, I lost that really good question that you asked me. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, well, actually, that once that that made me want to ask another question, which which is I'd like you to give an example. So, uh, when you're talking about role playing, which which the, you were answering the question, and and so when let's let's go keep down this path. When you're talking about role play, when you're talking about let's find the the common objections that you can expect to get from a prospect, and let's divert it. I would call it that. It's a diversion by asking maybe another question because the prospect thinks I'm going to shut them up by saying this. Uh, But if you, if, if you're working with your agents or with your team on the role play to overcome that, let's give, give us an example. So you just gave us one, uh, but give us what, how you would coach someone to circumvent or navigate around that. Well, give me an example of a common objection. I already have an agent. I already I say I see and has your agent provided you with the latest comps in your neighborhood? Okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they they actually well, let's we're role playing now. So, I'll answer the question. Uh they, in fact, they do. Uh they have they do provide me with that. They've got me into their little system or whatever and it fires off uh you know the uh the the data it it fires off uh, when something new comes comes available. Uh, because let's just assume I'm a buyer here. And so, yeah, yes, they do. And if your agent could do one thing better for you, what would they be doing? Good question. Okay. that That's probably the answer right there, which is trying to get them to tell you what you need to know so that you can be better at it and try to win them over. Right. Well, and just to, just to see, I mean, there are people that are totally cozy with their agent. And then, I mean, and if they're just totally cozy with their agent, then you just make a note, right? And so the goal here is to find people who are interested in speaking with you. What about the objection? Let's try another one. What about the objection? So again, you're calling list, let's do listing on this side. So that, that we didn't preface that, but that was more buyer related. Uh, in this case, let's go listing and, and you're calling on somebody who might be a prospect of selling their home. And the, the objection is, oh, I was just interested to see what my house is worth. I'm not really interested in selling right now. Well, I understand. And uh, something prompted you to do some inquiry. I'm just curious, what, what, what prompted you to make that initial inquiry? Well, you know, I mean, after this COVID world and, and hearing about all these homes that are selling for, you know, you know, multiple X of what they were prior to COVID, I'm just curious, really. That's really, you know, that's that's the main reason why. Well, if you found out that your home was and $150,000 worth more, what would change? Well, the answer to that question is, you know, it'd be hard not to consider selling, but my biggest concern is where the hell am I going to go? Yep, that for sure is. Well, and how curious are you about the possibilities of just exploring that? I like I like where this is going. So, and, and this is good, and I'm, I'm glad we did this uh, because I think that that to me is where it, agents, team leads, brokers, and whatnot really need to focus on is. It's, it's, and partially it's picking up the phone, but I think most agents get, they have to do it, right? It's a part of the game, especially if they're a part of a team and they're being provided leads, you know, they have to play that part of the game. But I think 
it's it's much easier for the agent to receive an objection and just immediately shut down and be like, oh, okay, well, well, thanks for your time today. And, and then just going and what you're saying and what you're advising is that this is where you have to learn to ask the follow-up questions to keep the conversation going so that it hopefully will lead into, if nothing else, a long-term prospect that you can slap into a CRM and stay in touch with, right? Well, yes. And it's really having that curiosity and curiosity is an emotion. It's not an intellectual exercise to be curious. And you often can just, you know, you have to be at ease and informal and have open body language. And, you know, I'm just curious about how open are you to explore and explore or discover or you're curious how might I help you satisfy your curiosity around this, right? And so that's how we create value for people. And so when we ask questions, we're forcing their strategic brain to get involved. And it's just, it. and the thing is, it's kind of like, Jeff, I don't know if you're old enough. Do you remember Columbo, the detective? I know of it, but yeah, I wasn't, uh, it was before my generation. <laughs> it's worth going on and watching a couple YouTube videos because he could get answers out of anybody by just being casual and, and kind of just slowing down and boy, people would just spill their beans to them, to him. And so, and we also, you know, it's so fascinating. I'm coaching a real estate agent. I just completed with him and he was calling and he had a very derogatory name to call the prospects because see when we have call reluctance we armor up we're going to protect ourselves what are we protecting ourselves from psychologically right so i'm going to armor up here because i don't want somebody to challenge my identity because of this right here and so in doing role play with him i found out that he was calling his prospects a derogatory name and we what was, just, what was it i got it we got to know well, it's kind of profane. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. You can share it. I cuss. <laughs> so he would, well, and I'll tell you, he was in commercial real estate. So he was calling landlords and it's so funny. He was calling them assholes. Well, <laughs> I thought he said apples and I said, oh, so you're calling them apples. And he's going, no, Connie, I'm so sorry. It's a little profane. Well, think about it. If you're projecting negativity onto your prospect and holding that, oh no, we've got to think of these people as human beings. And, and you know, so he ended up, he said, I'm going to call apples to set appointments, right? And oftentimes with, with agents is thinking, I'm making my prospecting calls today, is why don't you call them and say, hey, I'm going to make some listing calls today, because isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want? As, and so that you project into your own mind with an intention. That's what I'm doing. I'm not just kind of calling. Um, so it's really looking at that prospect from a very, you know, once we sign with them, we all get cozy and, and do kumbaya. 
think of them as human beings that you are here to help. You are here to keep them from making big mistakes. You're here to them to help them from costing themselves big money by making decisions that you could help them with because that's who you really are. You have the expertise and the authority. You also have to have the empathy for them. Yeah. So uh, two more questions before we wrap up. That That's all. That's all phenomenal feedback. One thing that I, you, may, you may not get asked this question, and I, I would assume somebody's thinking it, but at what point do you wave the white flag as the person making the call? So again, you know, you're always taught just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. But I'm sure there is, uh, there's got to be a point when it's, it's, it's lost leader and all you're doing is wasting your valuable and precious time to be calling other leads because you're doing what you were trained to do, which is keep them on the phone, keep them on the phone, keep them on the phone when it's not really going to go anywhere. So is there something, any advice you would give to somebody as to know when they should actually wrap it up because they're probably wasting their time? You mean stop calling a lead? In the conversation, let's assume, you know, because you can't not call a lead and ever determine if they're good or bad, right? So uh, I'm talking about once you're on the call and at what point is there any certain objection or any amount of objections or any, you know, anything that you're looking for that says, okay, this is probably not going to be a prospect. I'm going to go ahead and wish them well and be on my way. Well, here's what I have done in the past. I'll say, you know what? On a scale of one to 10, one being never and 10 being most likely, where are we as far as doing business together or having a conversation? And I had a guy said two. And I go, two? That's not very good. I think I'll take you off my list. And he goes, that would be a good idea. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't say one then. <laughs> but he, you know, there are certain people that don't want to say no, but give people an opportunity, you know, even if we catch cranky people, you know what? I feel like I caught you at a bad time. Is there a better time to reach you? And sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll say, hell no. Well, if somebody says, hell no, do we want them as a prospect, right? Right. Yeah, I get it. And you know, I'll be honest, Connie, the first thing that came to my mind was when when that person said two, my initial reaction would have been, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're better than I am. <laughs> I love it. Good I for mean, you. you. Know, and most of them are going to know the movie line anyway. Are they, They're going to know the movie that they reference is, and uh, they're going to probably get a kick out of it. And maybe that, you know, opens the door to new conversation at that point. Uh, thank you. And you know what? I, I'm familiar with the sales guy that, you know, somebody can't tell him no. And then he'll just call him up and say, you know what? I had a question. Uh, are you and I ever going to work together in this lifetime? And sometimes you can say that with your strategic alliances that you're trying to develop is, you know, knowing you and you know me, what do you think is the likelihood of us becoming strategic alliances and developing our businesses together to be able to ask those kind of questions? Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. Or or even saying it differently, saying, you know, I, I realize you may not be interested in moving or selling your home anytime soon. But if let's just say 10 years down the road, you were based on the conversation we've had today, would would could I would I be in the in the conversation? 
And um, I think more than not, people would say, you know, yeah, I, 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 I would consider that, which to me says, yes, put me in your CRM and stay in touch with me. I love it. You're good. I'm just, I'm just winging <laughs> you're, you're sparking creativity from me. I, I, I like it. Well, good. Well, so the last thing I want to ask you, you've got a lot of experience. Um, and so what, let's just, let's just give a, some parting gifts to the audience. What are two pieces of advice that you would give to just a, a real estate agent uh, walking away from, from this conversation? Sales call reluctance is nothing to be embarrassed about. Living with it needlessly is. It is so unnecessary to struggle with call reluctance. Their solution, and I am, I just, 25 years, I know that it's so unnecessary for somebody to suffer, suffer, suffer with it and push, push, push themselves. So that's the first one. Okay, second one. And the second one, that's a good question. Give me, give me something else. Give, one, me another, give me another nugget. <laughs> the second one is you just really need to connect to your value and listen to the way that your prospect, your satisfied customers talk about you and start incorporating that into your unique value proposition when you're talking with people. And so you have to fall in love with you, fall in love with your business. The best salespeople are out there are the ones that are mentally fit and know their value. And they wake up every morning. You know what? I love my life. I love my business. I love people. And when that happens, wow. Again, they feel like they're living under a lucky star because business just starts coming to them. I love it. I love it. County, this is uh, this has been fun. It's been a good conversation, and I think uh, one that will bring a lot of value to a lot of people. And um, I, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is is you, when you think about you know making sales prospecting calls, you don't think a ton about the value. It's usually very reactive. It's reactive to a lead that came in, right? And it's like a speed to lead, and I just got to get them on the phone. But I, th- I think to me, what I took from it and what I feel like I would need to work on if I was a real estate agent that was that needed to refine my processes is, is I need to, to better prepare almost a script, so to speak, not a script, but a script, so to speak, that, that really dials in my confidence in my own ability and my own value proposition so that as I'm having these conversations, I can come across confidently and, and I'm prepared through role play to be prepared for pretty much any objection that could possibly come at me. And I think if you're a realtor or a team lead who, who is, is wanting to improve that, I think to me, those are two of the most important things that I would stop right now and dial in and work on and spend the next couple of months really uh, honing that skill and, and becoming better at it so that when you are making those phone calls, it becomes easier. And it becomes easier when somebody fires something at you. When they say two, you're quicker, you're quicker witted to, to have a response that might actually maybe re, re, reignite the fire, right? And uh, you just never know what can come of these things. So this is cool, Connie. I, I loved it, and I'm and I'm I'm not even the I'm not even the prospect here. I'm just the interviewer. So this was great. I had fun. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it, and it integrates with everything. 
Use multiple lead sources? Guess what? Follow-up boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into follow-up boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab code to see how follow-up boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab code. Agents Podcast.